So we heard from the very last book of the Bible today here in the first reading, the book of uh, Revelation or, or Apocalypse. And we've got this uh, image here. This is at the end of the book. We've got this, this image of the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. Uh, John, the author, he says it had all, it, in this, it's a symbolic image, of course. He says it has all the radiant glory of God and it glittered like precious jewel of crystal clear diamond. I guess that's, you know, it's hard for us to sort of conceptualise what life in God would be like. But, you know, uh, John's sort of evoking the best kind of language he, that, that can come to mind and uh, it's it's a this image of glory of of perfection with with um, with with the Father and and with with Christ and and you know he 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 talks about that all those there were those who had been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, the brides of Christ. And then at the end uh, we heard how this city, this new uh, Jerusalem, this heavenly city. It stood on 12 foundation stones, each of them which bore the name of one of the 12 of, of the apostles of the Lamb. Bartholomew, who we celebrate today, and of course all of the apostles, are known to be the foundation stones upon which the church was built. I think of the apostles and, and the saints as the ones who laid the path uh, upon which the church was built, uh, the, the path upon which uh, all of us can, can journey uh, towards God. They kind of laid the bricks uh, that, that we can walk on. But what we also know about the apostles and the saints, for that matter, is that even though God called them each to a, a special, to a unique mission, a unique way of following him, what we also know is they weren't particularly special or gifted people. We, we could just argue that they were in the right place at the right time. It's important for us to remember this because the truth is that we are all called to imitate the apostles. We're all called to be like Bartholomew. We too through our words and our witness, are called to lay down a foundation, to, to lay down a path that helps other people to journey towards Jesus, to, to live lives of faith and hope and love. We hear it today in the psalm. Uh, your friends tell the glory of your kingship, Lord. All your creatures, that's us, shall thank you, O Lord. All your friends, that's us who know the Lord, uh, shall repeat their blessing. They shall speak of the glory of your reign and declare your might, O God. You see, we all share in that mission of proclamation, of, of talking about the glory of God, of, of sharing the good news with others, of witnessing the love of God in our lives. This is central to our identity as, as disciples of Jesus. It's not like an optional extra, take it if you want. It's, it, it's core to who we are. We, we, we would not come fully alive unless we live out that dimension of our identity. You see, our goal in this life is, is really to become like Jesus in the world, to have his heart for the lost. For those who don't know 
the love and the peace and the purpose that's found in the Father's house. Our call is is like Jesus to be the one who's willing uh, to leave the security and, and uh, you know, of the 99 and, and go out in search of the lost to find the one and to bring the one home. What mission could possibly be more urgent today than uh, laying that path upon which others can, can journey closer towards Jesus? What mission could be possibly more, more meaningful than helping people to take that path towards the, the eternal city, the new Jerusalem, this place of glory and light and love and truth. Now, all that being said, we, we've got to acknowledge that it's not necessarily easily to live this mission. We, we face all kinds of opposition. Yes, there's external opposition, but I, I'd want to suggest that often the greatest opposition is, is the, the stuff inside, Right? I don't know about you, but I've got this counsel in my head <laughs> and, and there often seem to be quite a few negative voices on this council, right? I call them gremlins. And, and sometimes these voices, you know, say things like, oh, you're not good enough to do that. You're not smart enough. You're not worthy enough. Someone else can do it better than you. You, you know, if you mess it up, then people won't like you anymore. All those kinds of voices, familiar? <laughs> Stepping out to do the work of God often means overcoming all kinds of resistance. And, and often that resistance comes from within ourselves. So I just, if that's you, I just want to uh, offer you two little points today, uh, perhaps just to encourage you as you kind of seek to embark on your mission and, and to bring uh, you know, to carry on the work of the apostles in, in your own way, in, in sharing your faith and, 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 and leading others to Jesus. The first little reminder for us is that Jesus knows our failure. He knows your failure. He knows your weakness, but he has called you anyway. Right? Of course, he knows you better than you do but yet he still calls you. So it's not so much a question of whether you're good enough. The question is whether you trust God. Do you trust in Jesus? Are you willing to, uh, to be obedient to what God calls you to, knowing full well who you are and what's going on in you? Do I trust that Jesus will give me what I need to live out his mission, even though I'm conscious of all the limitations in me? Will I listen to the voices in my head or will I listen to the voice of Jesus who is calling me to follow him, and to be his hands and feet and mouth in the world? That's the first little reminder. The second is this, that you do not know yourself as well as you think you do. <laughs> I, I've grown up with so many doubts in my head uh, and, and I still battle with them sometimes, Perhaps often. Uh, and, but if I believed all those doubts, I, I wouldn't do anything. I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be hopeless. I, I'd be, you know, I, I, I couldn't do anything if I listened to all those doubts and all those negative voices. My, the saving grace in my life really has been that I've, I've always tried my best just to say yes to Jesus. And, and you know, when, he, when I felt 
I needed to do something or God was leading me somewhere, I just, you know, I guess God gave me the grace to say yes. And, and that's, that saved me. And as I've done that, every, every time I say yes, which normally means moving outside my comfort zone a little bit, uh, through that yes, a whole new potential has emerged, a potential I didn't even know was, it existed. But of course, Jesus knew it because he sees us, just like he saw Nathaniel today under the fig tree. Nathaniel was amazed because he, you know, he thought, oh, he saw me physically. But Jesus saw more than that. He saw the potential deep down in Nathaniel, in Bartholomew. Let's put ourselves before Jesus, uh, allowing him to see us, to bring out that potential in us so that we might live more fully the mission he calls us to. My prayer is that as a parish, we become a people who have a tremendous love for the one who is lost. My prayer is that we would believe in the words of Jesus that we, we, as he said today to Nathaniel, uh, you will see greater things than that. I tell you most solemnly, you'll see heaven laid open and, and above the Son of Man, the angels of God descending and descending. You will see extraordinary things happen as you follow me, as you say yes to me. My prayer is that we be willing to accept that these extraordinary things of God will happen through our mouths and through our hands and through our feet as we say yes to God, as we make ourselves available to him and his mission.